Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special replay of Indie Comic Spotlight. What you're about to hear is a show from a couple years ago, the first time I met Kyle Stuk, so it's when Tony met Kyle, that you're about to listen to, who has become a dear friend of mine. He's an amazing human being. But most importantly to all of that, I mean, yes, all of the friendship. Okay, I guess. Wow, I'm the worst. Yes, friendship is better than commerce. However, most importantly, I'm going to say it again, his book is out. Evil Cast is a book. It's in the world. You can buy it. Click on the show notes. There's a link. All of the only show notes are going to be buy Evil Cast here. Click on it and buy Evil Cast. I have my copy. It's arriving at my house as a pre-order. So when you're hearing this, sometime in the future, EvilCast is out, so you click on that, you'll buy it, and it'll come to your house in a few days. Buy EvilCast now when Tony met Kyle. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we spend time looking at an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. The hope here is we can do a deep dive into an indie comic you may have missed or give you a chance to talk about one of your favorites with me on social media afterward. I'm your host, Tony Farina of DC Comics News. Now, I've been reading comics since I was 12, and while I love a good superhero battle, I gravitate towards indie comics and standalone graphic novels because they give artists a chance to connect with readers in ways and tell different stories that they may not have been able to tell with traditional comics or traditional novels. Now, normally this would be the part of the show where I tell you a little bit about the comic background, but since today I actually have the pleasure of having one of the creators of this week's series with me, I will leave it to him. So, everyone, please welcome Kyle Stook to the show. Kyle, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. Excited really, to be here. I really appreciate it. Now, before we get into the, um, the, your comic that we're here to talk about, Evil Cast, uh, which is fantastic, and, and we'll talk about how everybody can get it and everything at the end, let's tell everybody a little bit about you because uh, this isn't your only artistic endeavor, Evil Cast. And so mm-hmm. tell everybody a little bit about that and what you do over at Ominous Media. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm kind of all over the place. I uh, tell people that... Um, I cast a lot of rods because I really, really, really want to make a living being able to be creative. And so I try my hand at lots of different things and lots of things just interest me. So um, I have a very good friend, uh, Noah Bosley, and uh, him and I kind of decided that uh, we wanted to join our creative ventures because we were doing so many different things. And so that became Ominous Media. Um, And under that, we host a podcast titled uh, Humming Fools, where we talk about just general art discussions, things we find interesting. And then the main highlight is just interviewing creators who um, are really cool, but don't necessarily have the exposure or numbers to warrant being on other shows. So ours like the the basement dweller is kind of what we call them. Someone who's <laughs> really talented, but no one knows about or cares. And so... Um, that's something we do a lot and then we work on comics together and then um, I'm also uh, a poet release a poetry book working on another one and so just kind of all over the place uh, lots of things interest me uh, it sounds pretentious but uh, eclectic is you know kind of what I use to describe it I I can love horror movies and then I can but I can talk musicals as well so I'm I'm kind of interested in every medium making stuff so that's that's kind of the hope is to there's a good story to tell to, to tell and whatever medium warrants it right because you've actually made a film yourself you've i mean one that i've seen you you may have made more that i don't know about but you've made a, <laughs> a short film that actually won won awards award-winning filmmaker i should have led with kyle Stewart. that's right right <laughs> thank that's right yeah. how dare you how dare i uh, yeah <laughs> yes no uh, i was a digital cinema major and so for my senior year uh, all seniors have to make a short film and so uh, again, wanted to, again, do something kind of horror-y, but also funny. That's, there's kind of a theme there and uh, deep at the same time. And so, yeah, I made a short film called Give Me to the Waves and was lucky enough for it to not only get into festivals, but also win some. And yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. Yeah, and I'll link to it in the show because you have it on YouTube. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I kind of cringe at some parts now, but uh, <laughs> I'm but a young, I was, yeah. 
<laughs> don't we all? I mean, isn't, aren't there all kinds of things? You, you know, you'd, people say, oh, if I could go back to be 16, I'm like, if I could go back and I'd punch my 16-year-old self in the nose. What are you talking about? Uh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's fine to, you know, but it's out there and that's what's amazing. And so hopefully, you know, people will go check it out because you have a comic book version of that that you're working on too. And, and so mm-hmm. pretty cool. And actually, um, well, let's talk about Evilcast. I think that's actually a pretty good segue because what, what you just said is this was your... Um, senior art project, your senior project for, for your film, uh, film studies, uh, degree and, uh, cinematic degree, sorry. But you know, and, mm-hmm. and your show's called evil cast and in the, com- or your comic is called evil cast and in evil cast, your, the character of you sleeps mm-hmm. under an evil dead two poster. Um, yeah. and of course evil dead one was a student film at Michigan state university. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously there's some inspiration there. So let's, I think that's a great segue. So let's talk about EvilCast. Tell everybody a little bit about what EvilCast is. Um, and, you know, we're, I'm assuming there's that inspiration from Sam Raimi and, and, and the mighty Bruce, but uh, yes. let's hear. Yeah. Bruce is very mighty. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, Noah and I kind of were having lots of conversations. He was wanting to transition a little bit more into an editor role. He originally is an illustrator and he was doing that, but he's married, he's very busy. And so I was kind of like nagging him, go, bro, I need, I need some comics. And he's like, I'm so busy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so then I was like, okay, well, would you be mad if I went off and did something else with someone else? And maybe you can still be involved in some capacity, but someone else could draw. And he was like, oh yeah, absolutely. So I kind of just sat down and started thinking, what, what do I want to make? And that's what's so cool about comics is uh, film is awesome. And I love it. And again, it's where I started, but I was so limited with money and like locations, getting permits and special effects. It's just, it's all very hard. And so with comics, it was very freeing to be like anything I want. It just takes time and the right artist. So when thinking about, a potential new series, the idea just popped in my head, us already having a podcast. I was like, you know, and we had done an episode kind of like nitpicking things we hated in movies. And so I was like, I'd like to see a, a horror, you know, kind of comic that where the protagonists are aware of horror tropes. One of the things we point out a lot is it's funny in like zombie movies where zombies start happening and then the characters are like, what is this? Why are they eating each other? Oh, they bit me. I'm probably fine. And like the audience (laughs) is ahead going, no, you're going to turn into a zombie. Quit it. And it's frustrating. Um, And so I found that appealing having characters who love horror are aware of the tropes or aware of folklore, you know, all that stuff and then find themselves in an adventure and, characters acting realistically is a nice thing too of like some some people are just way too into like going into a haunted house in those types of movies they're like oh yeah absolutely like i'm gonna get my camera and let's do it and it's like no like no like for the most part people are sensible and don't do that stuff um so anyway and then with us having the podcast it became appealing thinking about you know what we have listeners who know what we sound like and so if they read a comic, they would be hearing our voices. And so we, and it'd be kind of easy to write because we could write for our own personalities. And so I pitched that idea to Noah because obviously I'm using his persona a bit and he, he really liked it. And so that's where it started was just, so that's what the comic is, is evil cast is a horror, horror buddy comedy is what I call it. And it's about two podcasters uh, similar to myself and Noah in real life who uh, host a podcast about the supernatural. They're kind of uh, somewhat skeptics, but they r- really want to believe at the same time. Uh, and then they find themselves caught up in an actual horror adventure. And throughout the whole time, they again bicker and they uh, reference things and it helps guide them a little bit. And then some things are different. Um, and it's just kind of my love letter to horror. It's in the artist Enrico. Orlandi, who is in Italy, um, I found him on Reddit and it was really funny because really? I was looking for artists. I saw his name, I saw his page rate, and I was like, that page rate's a bit low. This guy's probably not going to be very good, but I'm going to click on it. <laughs> and clicked on it and I was like, oh my gosh, this dude's work is amazing. I kind of like looked around in my room and was like, why is no one clicking on this? And yeah. so it was like, I got to get him before anyone else gets him. And, uh, 
we did some test pages together just to see if we collaborated well, if we understood each other. And his style is very uh, cute's not the right word. I'll use pure, uh, pure and simple. And I love that idea of having the contrast of you have these gory graphic things happening, but they're kind of drawn in a very like pleasant, happy way. And we you haven't know, got there yet, but <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, uh, O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim. It has, yeah, no, yeah. totally. <clears throat> it has yeah. that. It has so for people who, and well, you know, and there'll be links in this, so you'll be able to see this um, after you're listening to the show. You can click on it, or before you read the sh- before the show, you can go to their webpage to see and see some of the stuff. Um, but yeah, that's what I it was reminded of was uh, was you know it's obviously not exactly the same, but that was the first thing I thought was you know in this um, you know it's the Scott Pilgrim. It is it's simple, but it's it's um, and that doesn't mean you know it's not stick figure simple there's there's complexity yeah. <laughs> to it there's layers to it but it but you know he's he's not trying to do anything that would make it seem uh, you know he's not being Todd McFarlane he's not he's not trying to yeah. have every graphic detail where every bead of sweat is is going to have its own name this one's called Jennifer you know it's like yeah. <laughs> telling a visual story and what I love about it, about what he's doing, and I, I'd be curious to know, like you said, you guys did test pages. There's a lot of pages that are big. There's big panels. There's some regular-sized comic panels. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of big panels where you kind of gave him uh, breathing room where there's, almost, there's only a handful of words and the rest of it is all, is all his design. So, like, I even think the first page is right off Splash Page mm-hmm. where you're in the dream. So, um, how, you know, what was the decision there? Was that just because for time it's easier to have bigger panels or was it like, that's kind of how he envisioned it. And you were like, Oh my God, that's amazing. That's what I want. Did you write splash page? Like what was the decision-making there? And, and again, that adds to kind of the simplicity of it because, because he's not trying to overcomplicate it and his panels are big. You get to see more when you're not, you know, when, when there's these really, really detailed comic artists, which are amazing. Like Jim Lee is, is the mm-hmm. king, but sometimes you're so distracted by the, intricate details that he's doing that some of the background stuff you forget to look uh but in your comic you you soak it all in and um so i was just curious what your process was there yeah it i think it it stemmed from enrico and i's early conversations and he was like hey you know like for he's like i assume you want to get this printed someday and i was like yes that'd be nice and so he was like what kind of dimensions are you thinking and like what kind of size would you like for the book and um I had just gotten uh, this book called Cat. I think it's called Catboy um, at a convention from a local artist. And again, very adorable. It's about a cat that kind of be like this, this girl owns a cat and it becomes like a man and it's just about their <laughs> friendship. Nice. It is really goofy and like strange, but the book, I forget the dimensions. I'm not a number person, but it's smaller than your, your normal, uh, you know, volume collection or omnibus or you know whatever um and i just liked it and so that that size popped in my head and so i basically just took that into mind while i was writing going okay if people are reading this in this format i'm not going to be able to do like nine panels per page or whatever and so that that was a part of it and then yeah i i like um i i i like uh writing to where things flow well and so that's part of it too it's like if there's less panels it's a little easier on the eye sometimes and then uh, you can kind of just drift through the book and then also that's just um, Enrico's style like you said he 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 doesn't do all this splash for for detail and all these other things and sometimes too like he'll be really loosey-goosey with the lines and um, I, I again it's one of those things where I didn't necessarily know that that was the style for evil cast but once we like paired I was like oh this is cool I like it so well it's, that kind of answers the no, question No it absolutely <laughs> does and there's cause what I love is there's some like you said he's a little loosey goosey in some cases and and what I think and you can see that in some of the bigger some of the bigger uh pages where it's like mm-hmm. you know like here's you tell that's a tree and that's a whatever and it's just kind of there and then your brain mm-hmm. kind of fill in but then there's like early on i've just got the comic up as i as we're talking through it there early on i think it's like a page three or four there's just one panel that's just your foot in the sludge and yeah. that is crazy like you know you're, you're talking about economy essentially and you don't want to have small panels but this is just a really tiny if you were mm-hmm. going to do 
a tiny panel, even if you were going to do nine, this would be one of the nine and it's your foot. And, and what he does that's so amazing is you actually see this kind of red sludge come up. So you can tell that you're stepping down and it was a really smart move. He didn't have to draw any motion lines of your foot. You don't have to see your knee bent. Um, and in that one panel, there's, it's shaded. So you know what, you know, there's something looming over you. It's like really mm-hmm. smart. And so, um, man, I love that. And it's still, it's such a simple thing, right? It's just one little tiny panel, uh, mm-hmm. but it tells you, it tells the reader a lot. And because you did, you chose not to put words in that panel, we have to look at it and say, mm-hmm. okay, what's happening here? So did you write that? Or, or was that like, how, how much freedom do you give him when you're writing it? Like, here's the script. Did you write panel with foot? Or was he like, hey, since you're walking in the sludge, this is an idea I have. Yeah, uh, I wrote that. My mind is, again, a, a filmmaker's mind. So I kind of see things in terms of shots already. And um, especially because it's a dream, it's very, in that sequence, it's um, some things are, there's not continuity. Some places like, he, like things are just happening, but I want you to get the, um, you know, the senses experience. So it's like the fact where you step in something gross and you look and then you look up and it reveals other things. So that's the credit to Enrico. And what's so cool is I am not an artist. I wish I was. It's my greatest regret because I could make more things. <laughs> I have to rely. You could do it people. yourself. Sure. Uh, yeah. But um, that's what's so cool is that I, I do write like, you know, hey, his foot's, you know, stepping in the in the blood mush stuff. But if you don't have the right artist, it's not going to work. And so I feel like when you see that panel, you hear the like splish, yeah, like gross sound. And you take time to go like, oh, just like the character looking down and being like, what am I stepping in? And then you see the next panel and you with the character looking up going, what is this? This is yeah. creepy. Um, so yeah, Enrico, it's like, it's stuff you don't think about as a reader and that's kind of been cool for me because I didn't really know what I was doing when I, when I was writing panels and Noah helped me a lot in our early days making stuff because I would be doing crazy stuff and he's like dude I can't fit that much stuff in a page what are you doing and yeah. so he's kind of helped my brain develop a filter where I'm always now thinking about my artist going is this realistic and Enrico gives me pushback sometimes I always I always say like, this is what I'm thinking, but I'm not an artist. So if there's a better way to communicate the story beat though. Yeah. Well, I think that really matters. The first show uh, that I did on this was I kill giants and, and um, Joe Kelly goes on and on about, you know, how um, when he hooked up with Ken, it really kind of changed the story. He, he had scripted the story mm-hmm. exactly as he wanted them. When Ken came in, he's like, Oh, this is like the design of the giants and the design of the fairies was all him. Like he was like giants. And then Ken's like, oh, cool. You know, so <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Yeah. So, so that's, that's a pretty cool thing is that you're like, here's what I think. And to have somebody who, uh, because you're essentially, because you're a, f- a filmmaker, we can look at this comic like these are your storyboards. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if you were to shoot this, it's all ready for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean, I really love, uh, again, like I said, the, the, the simplicity of it, but, but the, but even some of the ratio, um, you know, there's a couple of scenes where you've got uh, characters that are far apart from each other, um, and it's and you can tell um, how far apart they are. It's and it's and again, like you know what uh, what Noah was saying, I can't fit all that on a page. And I think uh, you allow the space to do work here, mm-hmm. and and I think that's important. I don't necessarily know that. Um, and again, as a writer, I'm a writer um, mm-hmm. too. You wanna you wanna tell every all the stories. So so. Again, does that just come from your cinematic background where you're, where you're okay, I'm going to let the visual tell the story. I don't have to do, over, I don't have to overly be, you know, obnoxious with exposition. I'm going to mm-hmm. let the, the visual story tell. And, and um, was that a difficult transition for you? Or because you've always been cinematic, that's easy to let the pictures tell the story. Um, I think I'm a lot better now. And again, it, uh, that's a, I'm just going to keep complimenting Noah. He's my French. <laughs> he's, and he's your editor uh, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I think I, I, I tended to write more than I needed originally. I think that's like any writer, like any, you know, young writer. Um, and then again, he'd be like, Hey, we're in comics. Like let's, let's show and let's not tell. And I think again, my brain was able to be like, Oh, okay. And then eventually liked 
doing that too. And then like would get annoyed when I'd read stuff and I'm like, I get it, bro. You don't need to keep telling me like, yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, Captain exposition. So, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I feel talked down to. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think like moving forward, um, especially you like comics, what makes them special is it's like, it's the art. It's an interesting way to tell a story. And so if you're as a writer, like coming in like a bull and just being like, put my words everywhere, like, you know, blocking the page, you're doing a disservice to the artist and the artist is there to help you. Like they're making you look good with their work. And so that's been fun to be like, okay, maybe I was going to write this, but is there like a visual cue or something subtle to where the reader is taking time to look at the page as opposed to reading my dialogue and then moving on. So um, I think originally I was not that way. And I think now, again, I really try to put everything I do through a filter of, hey, remember that you're in a comic book right now. So let's chill out maybe. And if there's a cool opportunity um, for a visual thing, let's do that instead. Because like you can pat yourself on the back. You can know that you're a good writer, but like let's let's not get over crazy here. I think that's a great point. And I feel like some comic books um, uh, that fail, um, the writer can't get out of his or her own way sometimes. It's like, mm-hmm. look, you're going to get top billing. Yeah, this is your story. And I know that that um, you know, Stan Lee's used to say, you know, this this could be everybody's first comic, whatever number it is. And now this Evil Cast is chapter one, so it's book one. But you always yeah. have to think like, so when you're on Evil Cast six, how much flashback are you willing to tell, or are you just saying like, look, we're expecting that you've read all these, and if you haven't, you're gonna at least this is good enough that you'll want to go back. Um, but there was always in the early days and even in, you know, my time growing up in the seventies and eighties, like the, especially in the eighties, the Claremont X-Men that were just really word heavy. And then, um, you know, crisis, uh, George uh, Perez and Wolfman's crisis was real word heavy. It was like, here's a lot of exposition. Here's a lot of words. Yeah. And, um, and so I think we've, we've slowly moved away from that. Um, but, but I also think it's a matter of, of, what you're saying, like, like the sophistication of the reader too, is that we've come to the realization that, that now that comics are collectible, now that there's something people, people want the whole thing is it's not, no one is just going to say like, Oh, X-Men 722. I'm going to pick that up. And that's the first comic I've ever read. Do I need to know what happened in the first 721 comics? That's not the way it is anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that probably helps with that too. The ability to just make the expectation that, hey, you're going to maybe need to do some back reading. You can't pick up an issue six or issue 17. You probably should do the backstory. Um, do you think that that, I mean, I don't know, I guess, how many how many issues are you planning for Evilcast? And uh, because you're not printing them yet, they're still digital. And obviously, it'll be a lot easier for people to get. So is that, is that, are you taking all that into consideration, how long the story will be and the accessibility of it? So just to go backwards. Yeah, here, sorry, here. I just rambled. No, no, no. Yeah, it yeah. was all, it was all tasty. Um, okay. I, I, <laughs> um, I, I love Robert Kirkman and I recently finished, um, Invincible. And so what I'm about to say, I, I am, I am low. I am scum compared to him. So like, <laughs> don't take this in the wrong way, but I remember reading it. Invincible and like, it got really old constantly having the asterisks being like you should see invincible number 16 i'm like i'm reading the honest like i i was just there i don't need you to tell me like what happened or that i should see this other thing um and so i do think it's like i understand the business side of it um there is that like anxiety from you know creators of like well this is the first one like how are they going to understand but that's just a complete disconnect in my mind where i go i would never just start reading something in the middle but i am a strange man i I know there's other people who exist and they do different things so with um with evil cast yeah i'm kind of just assuming that the person who's reading is like me to where they're going to be there from the beginning if they jump in the middle they're hopefully we'll go back and start um in regards to issues probably now this will be no surprise to your listeners but i don't know what i'm doing Uh, (laughs) um so uh 
Based on what we've seen, though, I disagree. I mean, I think it's really, <laughs> well, really it's well paced. So I disagree. I mean, you may not know how it's going to end, but you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think I, I I appreciate that. I appreciate the affirmation. I feel confident in like the execution of what we're doing. I I, I think I mean that in just I'm a noob in terms of the industry, not quite sure how to get in, how things are supposed to do, a lot of Googling, a lot of listening to shows like yours and being like, okay, so how did this creator do? Like, um, So in regards to EvilCast, it's funny because I designed it to be small and then quickly, very pretentious writer thing, it just kind of like took off and all these stories started coming and I was like, oh, I could do this and this. And so the way it's designed right now is I have a... A, an arc in mind i'm not sure how many issues it's going to be because again like things just keep happening to where i'm like man i'm planning these issues but now no one Kyle are in a new adventure a little side quest yeah it's like it's like a D thing where you're like okay this will be super easy we'll get here in like five seconds and then you're like wow these guys keep like <laughs> running off the trail but so i have the i have the main arc for um, no and Kyle the main I know what the mystery is I know how it ends all that stuff um, and so I could see it being through the process I could see it being that's all the evil cast is it's that one main mystery slash story and then it's done like if Enrico's like yo I want to do other stuff or like I need more mail and I'm like, I man, I think that's so much, <laughs> um, but I could also, I could also see it being like, Hey, like these characters can go on lots of adventures. Um, so to answer your question, I don't know the number of issues that I'm planning right now. I think it's kind of the, as long as this team wants to keep doing it and uh, we'll keep doing it. But I could also like, wrap things up eventually like quicker than but i'm also having again fun with some of the the side stories and uh spending time with some of the side characters so we'll nice. see again i'm not i don't know what i'm doing but in that regard but um uh i'm excited to keep telling the story yeah i would actually because they're on the cover and they they play character they play parts um as you're talking about side and this is bizarre but to me i was like you know it would be funny as like a little like back three page thing at the end, almost like a an addendum, is a to have like a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or dead version of this, but told from the cat's perspective. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, like they're there and you've named them and they seem important characters and they've got attitudes. They're like fully formed characters as cats. And I thought, yes. oh my god, well it would be hysterical when this is over or in the back to see their version of what's happening, you know, like from, yes. I, I, and I know that's silly and I'm not trying to make you add more. And it's just, I mean, I was like, my brain said, you know, I, I, these weren't just, here's some cats in the background. You've got them on the cover. They have names They, you know, and it's, it's because it's kind of a supernatural magical realism kind of show kind of book. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, Cats could have inner, inner monologues if, they, if you wish to, or they wouldn't even have to think. You could do it all without words and just kind of be seeing it from there. I don't know. It was just something I thought of when I was reading it. I was like, oh, man, I wonder if these guys are going to be um, more, more important than I think they are, you know, because yeah. I know it's just silly. And then at the end, you know, the, the last panel, and I don't want to spoil everything because I want people to go read it, but, you know, the last panel, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, so... Um, <laughs> Are they okay? Are they okay? Yeah. So, I mean, that's such a silly thing. I don't have pets. I'm, you know, I'm like one of those weird vegetarians who likes my animals outside of my house. I don't want you in my refrigerator. I don't want them in my, I don't want them on my couch. Um, you know, I respect their, their yes. ability to live in the world. Um, but I like cats. And so I liked these cats. And I was like, oh, that, you know, and I know it's a silly thing, but it was, it was a really good choice, I guess, just as a reader to say, like, you gave them personalities and it came through even in, in real sparse storytelling. So I thought that was, that was really good. Um, because, and I don't know if they're like avatars for you and Noah, you know, like they have their own. And again, it's mm. just their side characters, I understand. But um, I do think that the way that you, you present you and Noah, um, you know, the way that you chat with each other and it seems very naturalistic. So do you ask him, uh, when you write dialogue for him, you're putting words in his mouth. Um, mm-hmm. Do you double check with him? Is like, would you say it like this? Or you know him well enough that you're like, I know he'd say it like that. 
Uh, again, to go back, Tony, I just want to give you an award because you oh, were on the sorry. money with the cats. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yes. No way. Um, yes. No, the cats, they, they don't do a ton in the first issue, but they are going to be, uh, they're going to be the main adventure squad buddies. So Excellent. it really is Kyle and Noah and Smokey and Bear's story. Um, and so just some background on them really quick. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I should have moved away from it. Maybe I'll oh, no, no, no. So maybe I'm glad. Smarter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you. No, I'm glad you brought it up because yeah. they're they're a fu- they're a fun addition to the comic. Um, basically, Noah. Uh, those are Noah's cats, um, Bear and Smokey. Bear unfortunately passed away a couple years ago, uh, but Smokey's still around, and I have the hugest crush on Smokey. Um, normally like I, I'm not a dog or cat person. I don't take sides. I like all of them, but I have experienced negative experiences with cats. Um, once was at my friend's house and her cat while I was sleeping in the living room, like got on the counter and then swan dived right into my crotch in the middle of the night and, uh, just tormented me the rest of that evening as they are want to do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I have definitely experienced bad cats, but Noah's cat, Smokey, is the sweetest cat. Whenever I go over to his house, at some point, he will come find me and will just jump on my lap and we'll cuddle, we'll spoon, and it's fantastic. Um, and so for this series, again, as soon as we found out that it was fictional versions of ourselves, I was like, you know, it'd be freaking awesome. And Noah's like, well, I was like, if Smokey was on the adventure with us. Um, and then we decided to add bear as like a nice kind of wish fulfillment, like wishing that bear was still around and kind of like an alternate reality where, you know, if he was still here, he'd get to like hang out with Smokey and Noah and I. And so, um, and it's fun to each, uh, each cover, uh, is going to be a recreation of a famous horror movie poster. Right. Um, and so they're on the, they're on the first one, which is paying tribute to evil dead. Evil dead. And so that's been really fun to, um, have them uh in in that regard too for the second one we're doing um a nightmare on elm street and um i see i had a had a note here where is he um oh uh ryan cody he's the uh colorist right now on images family tree he's going to be doing the um cover for that and so i'm very excited but nice that's amazing um, back to your original yeah, question. Though. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, I should have asked. I should have let you breathe with the cats, but I was like, I'm just going to ramble about the cats. And then he's going to be <laughs> like, why did I agree I'd be on this show? So I thought I'd give you. A oh, I accept show. it. I affirm um, it. I excellent. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no. And your question is really funny because it was a, a thing we ran into where the idea was, oh, it's really easy to write ourselves because we know ourselves, so that'll be that'll be fine. And then as soon as I did it, I'd be like, well, I don't know if I'd do that, but I kind of like this fictional version of Kyle to do that. Um, and then Noah, too, like kept being like, I wouldn't say that. And I was like, shut up. Like, you're making this annoying. <laughs> um, and one of, the, one of the funniest moments was there's a part in the script where I go over to Noah's house uh, a little bit too early as opposed to when we were supposed to hang out and he's in a bathrobe. Um, and so Noah sent me his feedback on the script. And he's like, first off, I'm awake every, every Saturday by this time. So I wouldn't be in a bathrobe or pajamas. Also, I don't own a bathrobe or pajamas. <laughs> and I was like, no, real. <laughs> um, and so we kind of realized, okay, like, we will base a lot of things off of our friendship and the way we talk, the things we complain about. But at the same time, these are separate characters. That's been kind of cool to see how they're, they're different from us. Um, so I, I, he will like, we try to add as much realism as possible. So Noah's like, Oh, like, I think I would, he's very mean to me in an endearing way. And so a lot of times I'll write Noah as like being a supportive friend and he'll edit me and be like, I would probably dish you right there, but in like a, I love you way. And I think that adds like a, a uniqueness to the story to where it's like, these guys are so close that just like any friends, like they, they, you know, tease each other and do these things. And I think the the first issues are very, um, uh, that's like a big priority is showing this friendship, even in subtle ways and revealing character in those ways to where like Stephen King, maybe not a ton of stuff, 
big dramatic stuff is happening at the beginning, but then when the horror does come, you actually care as opposed to, you know, this naked teenager who I just met is now being impaled and I I I'm don't care. Yeah, yeah, right. Why do I care? Yeah, that's right. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I think one of the endearing things too is um in that bathroom scene, he's wearing Jack Skellington slippers, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty funny. And uh that was an Enrico thing. I did not write no, that. No, that was so. gonna come nice. Yeah. So yeah. again, if he's not in if he's saying I wouldn't don't even own a robe, well, too bad. Yeah. Now you also <laughs> have everybody in the world thinks you have Jack Skellington slippers. So take yes. Um, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, that's awesome. I, I mean, I think the, I think what you said is is so important, and this is why I wanted to do the show and why it's great to have creators on the show. Um, the show that came out last week, I had a, a person who's trying to get a Kickstarter out, a nonfiction Kickstarter um, that he's in himself. So it's a little bit different because you know his story and, and his Kickstarter is his own, where your story is sort of your own, but you know also yeah. But what I, what I, the, for me, what I love about this being able to have creators on is, is there's um, what indie comics do. This is my opinion, and I would like your thoughts. I mean, is, is, as you mentioned, there's some things you can only do in comics. This budget is low. If you filmed this, you can't light a house on fire. You can't, you know. Oh, I mean, you can, but you get arrested. Right. You can't mm-hmm. have, you know, like the cats, the versions of the cats that you have. You can make them do whatever you want because they're, you know, cats trying to, as you know, trying to get cats to do anything. That's oh hard yeah. To do. So so that's really smart. Um, you can tell a story in a way that's grounded in reality, um, but it's also fantastical, and it gives you that opportunity, as you just said, to to really explore characters in a really deep and thoughtful way. Um, and and so, do you find? And this is again where I was going with this: is that having having the creators on and getting to ask these questions is great. And so. Do you think, like, is this a story that, that only could live as a comic book for you if, if you didn't get an artist because you said Noah didn't really have the time and if you hadn't found Enrico, would you have just written this? Would you have just made this a book or does this have to be a comic book? Um, you know, and, why, why, and if so, why do you think it's better as a comic book than as just a, a work of fiction? Because you, you could have turned this into like a serial and right on your mm-hmm. webpage had links to it there. So you made this choice. So why, why this choice? Yeah. I this answer may make comic purists angry, so I apologize and I'm sorry, but I kind of write everything in the hopes that it can have multiple lives. So like a lot of the comics that I do, and when I write them and I listen to music, I imagine the like show trailer for it. Because sure. I love motion and I love music. Music is such a important thing to me and um, if I didn't have it, it'd be really hard to create or be inspired. And so I love imagining my creations like to like a fun score or something. So um, uh, Evil Cast, I think, would make like a really awesome TV show. Uh, you'd have, you know, two friends and the horror and the adventure and like the comedy you'd have some killer tracks. I think it'd be pretty sweet. Um, but at the same time, again each medium has its you know its pluses and minuses so if you did a tv show it's like oh well this actor dropped out for whatever reasons or now they're old and that's just such a bummer like i hate when i'm watching a movie or a show and they're like this is the same character and we're not going to talk about how it's a different actor Mm -hmm. and i'm like ah this just sucks (laughs) it just it's it's no bueno and also the budget restraint of like Sure, Evil Cast is a show now, but you can't show that much blood because blood's ex- you know the gallons of blood are expensive. So it's kind of like I I don't I would be open and excited about a lot of things being adapted, but it kind of goes back to that whole when people say, oh, like they made a movie of my favorite book and it ruined it. It ruined my childhood. I'm always like, I get that it's frustrating. I'm I'm with you there, but at the end of the day, you have the original fame. And so uh, for Evil Cast, I'm like, I, I create it as a comic. And so that's the idea. And it's like, this will kind of be the purest form of it. And if I couldn't make it as a comic, maybe yeah, I'd write it as a television script or something. But again, that's not really a world I'm able to get into right now. And so comics are like the most feasible thing for me. And um uh, right now the most fun and so that's kind of the like w- the why i've chosen it as the medium i want to be in right now because 
it's easy to collaborate with people. It's fun. You don't have the restrictions of, again, budget in the sense of like filmmaking. And uh, you can show and do whatever you want. And like you said, and that's what's cool about indie comics is you can do whatever you want. Like having an editor is great, but, um, and I, I have that in Noah, but if I had like, you know, like a, like a whip on my back saying, you can't show this, you can show this, change this, no creative control, that would really blow. And so I think that's what's awesome about indie comics is like, hey, take your imagination do whatever you want and whatever story you want to tell, tell it. There's no, well, Kyle, there's not really a market for two friends going on a horror adventure, which I mean, I think there is, but I think no one's saying that to me. I'm just making it. I'm making it because I have the means to make it. And so if it ever, if any of my stuff got changed, that's awesome and cool. But, and I would want it to be as pure to the source material as possible, but if if it was different or kind of sucked, I would be like, nah, I, the comic's still there and it, it retains its, its original value. It's yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, that's a great answer. And I actually agree because I was one of those uh, people who would always be like, oh, the movie's always worse. Um, but that's actually, and, and I've come to, because I was a book snob, I could read when I was young and I've been reading books and comic books my whole life and I'm a book, that's what I do. Like, what do you do for fun? I read, like this weekend. Uh, I'm in between terms, like one of my semesters just ended um, and another one starts tomorrow, but because it's the beginning of it, there's not much for me to do. So like my wife and I are going to sit on the couch and read a shit ton of books all weekend and um, that'll be awesome. Like that's to me great. But one of the things I've come to realize is even when the adaptation sucks, if that sold 10,000 more books or it got, you know, more checkouts at the library or even just people Mm -hmm. checking it out, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, like recently, I don't know, on some Twitter poll that I saw, it said, you know, name, what are books, what are movies that are better than the books? And, and, and uh, the first two that came to mind, and I'm mad at myself for not naming this third one, but were <laughs> Fight Club and The Commitments, which I loved both of those books, but most people don't even really realize that those, those were books first. Um, mm-hmm. And the movies are just so much better and The Commitments is so much better because there's music. Because the, the book mm-hmm. is about a band, which it's, on the page, it's fun, and it's part of the Barry Down trilogy, and there's this crazy Irish family, the Rabbit family, and it's a delightful series. I like to read all mm-hmm. those books. I read all those books. But the movies of those are all good, but The Commitments is so good because mm-hmm. it's essentially a musical, and, and you just can't be, there's, like you said, there's nothing you can do. And so you're right, with Evilcast, you're, and by the way, the third one that I regret not saying was Die Hard, because I've actually read the book. Die Hard was a book first. Um, no, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the sequel to, there was a book series, Roderick Thorpe um, uh, wrote a book called The Detective, and Die Hard is the sequel to that, and I can't even remember what the actual name of it is. Um, mm. And since uh, Sinatra played the, the, that character, the John McClane character in the original movie, The Detective, oh. he actually was under contract to be in Die Hard. But then he was old and turned it down, (laughs) thankfully. But um, anyway, so that was just one of those things. It was like, sometimes things are better. But um, off off topic, this, you're right about a soundtrack to this. Is that something you would consider? Like, that would be a cool thing to do. um, Whereas if you could kind of include on Ominous, um, here's the soundtrack to Evil Cast. Like, you have songs in your head. So is that something you would... You would maybe include like like tell us tell the listeners of this what music should they listen to in the background while they're reading Evilcast? How would we create the ambiance that you feel we should need? That's such a cool idea. Um, and you're right. I, I mean, like, there's even a, the panel that I have up is actually it says Creek. Like Noah standing there, and it says Creek behind him. You know, so obviously in the movie yeah. it would just Creek. But yeah. but what's the what's the soundtrack to this in your mind? Um, it's basically, it would just be monster mash on repeat. Uh, really? Over and- no. <laughs> okay. Shoot. Uh, I don't know that I can like, get That's a whole- terrible idea. Whoa. Kyle. Oh, okay. Whoa. You're an idiot. Maybe once uh, I could hear that is like the outro music, you know, yes. like monster mash. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I no. I, the way I try to, I've kind of, I've tried to incorporate it a little bit, which so again, like. I like when there's consistency to the issues and some like um, artistic intent. So again, like that we do that with the covers, like each cover being a unique horror poster. And then the same thing with that is um, each issue will kind of reference a, a horror song. Like at some point 
it'll play on the radio or it will maybe be written as text somewhere, kind of like in baby driver, um, having the words, you know, for the song appear throughout the street. So in the first issue, uh, we have the giant purple people eater right. playing right. on the radio, which mm-hmm. was funny. I got a lot of messages about that. People were like, what the heck is this song? And I was like, look it up. It's that's slaps. a good song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then the second issue we have thriller, you know, which is a classic. Sure. Um, but, uh, for evil cast, I you know I'm I'm bad with being on the spot, so I'm just gonna okay, pop open my Spotify right now. Okay, take a quick gander and see if there's any uh, things that uh, stand out to me. Um, and of course, it's uh, taking forever to load at the moment. But I'll uh, fill. I, I will yeah. <laughs> while while that's going. Well, the reason I I mean there was again this is a fun thing about doing a show, and you know because you have your own show, it's like. I was just talking about Die Hard that had nothing to do with your comic. But the beautiful thing about it is, is like you read this and you, and that's where your brain can kind of spin out. And, and I think there's, like you mentioned, the Flying Purple People Eater being in here and there's just other, other bits of inspiration. Like when you first show up at uh, Noah's house, you're dressed like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yes. So I mean, Which is really funny because I was like, all right, Enrico, uh, let's just do the jacket from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And he was like, okay. And then I got the page back and it was the whole outfit. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of hilarious. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that's the thing. It's like, you know, that's, that's yeah. again, a beautiful thing about telling stories this way is you can, is you can make, if, if people didn't notice, people didn't notice. That's fine. They, they mm-hmm. it could have just gone right past them or flying purple people either. It went right past them. But, um, but it's, it's just such a cool thing. Like you mentioned, having an editor is good. Having Noah there is good, but you're right. If you were, this was for one of the big two. They'd be like, well, there could be copyright issues and we have to call Matthew Broderick and we're not sure what the John, <laughs> Hughes, what the John Hughes estate might have to say. They're like, Meh, I'm just putting it in yeah. there. It's there. People will laugh or they won't even notice. Um, so, mm-hmm. so since we're breaking all kinds of copyright infringements anyway, please tell us what songs we should listen to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a uh, Sean James. He... And, and the playlist is kind of all over the place, uh, but Sean James, he's good. Just like he has a song called Burn the Witch. And so there, uh, the aesthetic of his music is very like, witches will play a big part in Evil Cast. And so um, just his music, I like the acoustic-ness of it. Uh, White Lies are a band who kind of have that like 80s vibe, uh, 80s rock. And just again, like Noah is a big rock fan. And that's even a fun thing that we do. And the issue is, again, me trying to experiment more with subtle storytelling is we have a whole page of Noah and Kyle hanging out. It's just showing their friendship. It's called man day. It's showing their right. friendship. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it's really funny. See oh, thank you. Uh, you get to see them watching like a horror movie with like a Nosferatu vampire. Um, and then you get to see um, them browsing music and you quickly see, okay, Kyle gravitates towards jazz. Noah likes rock. And then throughout those panels too, Noah's always, having trouble deciding between things and that's a real characteristic trait noah hates choosing things and so that was a fun thing of like kyle knows what he wants noah whether he's shopping for clothes he's always torn between two at the record store he's torn between two um and again noah loves rock so rock's a big part of it um big black delta they're a a band i i don't know if they've been around a long time or not but i recently discovered them really enjoy them and then there's just a lot of like specific songs that maybe aren't horror songs but again kind of get the friendship side um of like something that people would listen to like these characters would listen to so video killed the radio star that's one of my favorite songs yeah yes and that's just something that they would listen to what i got again like i i don't know if it'll work and this is like a behind the scenes thing is i want an issue of noah and kyle driving just enthusiastically singing the what I've got lyrics to each other. Nice. I don't know if it'll work in comic form, but it might be a fun challenge. And if it doesn't work, then we'll scrap it. But um, so just a lot of like classic rock and some of the, again, goofier, like ho- typical Halloween songs. Um, uh, what's the, I think Oingo Boingo, they make a lot of fun, like movie themed songs. And so, yeah, that's Danny Elfman. That's why. Yeah. 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 So, right. um, the like uh their like their song about uh you know uh night of the living dead like they're coming to get you barbara like that whole song so again an, an eclectic strange mix that wouldn't necessarily make a great soundtrack but an 
individual scenes I think would be would strike that balance of goofy, fun, creepy, strange, maybe not matching, but yeah. I, I will you, need to I like the idea of putting like a Spotify playlist or something with the 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 issues. My friend he he wrote a book and he actually did that. He in every chapter would be like, I was listening to this song at this time and then he goes into the store and I'd love that idea of maybe incorporating that like hit this hit this song and play it in the background as you read. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's, I was just going to ask um, if you, if that's something you could do, if you, if you have that, if you could, you know, do a, if you do let me know and I can add it to the show notes because this is a few sure, weeks out. Yeah. So I'd be happy to do that. I think that'd be pretty cool. It's funny that you mentioned that. And um, one of the projects I'm working on is something that's called cover fiction where I'm taking hmm. a song and uh, then telling the story of the song. Like, so like Zach and Sarah by Ben Folds. I always am curious, like, I don't know if you've ever heard that song. Are Zach and Sarah siblings? Are they a couple you don't actually know? So in my version of Zach and Sarah, they're siblings, they're step-siblings. And then I, so the story begins like with a line from the song and then I kind of take those characters and give them a backstory. So I'm I'm taking different songs uh, that I love and turning them into short stories and I'm calling it cover fiction because I'm, I didn't come up with the characters, but I'm giving them life. Um, It's just a fun thing that I'm doing. And so that as I write each story, then the title is linked so you could just click it and it would take you to the video of Zach and Sarah yes. play in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Whenever, whenever you finish one of those or if it's a collection or send it to me, cause okay. I always love when bands do that. Like I remember before I liked Twin Peaks hearing like a, a song that was titled Laura Palmer. And I was like, what the heck is this song about? And then after yeah. watching Twin Peaks, I was like, oh. just looking for anything Twin Peaks reference. Like, and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. So yeah. I love the idea of expand even like just fictional characters within Psalms, uh, expand upon them. Like, uh, what's, uh, what's, I'm ashamed of myself. Uh, what's living on a prayer? Uh, bon Jovi. Uh, thank you. Bon Jovi. Who are the two characters that are referenced a couple um, times throughout Psalms? Let's see. Um, Tom, uh, Tommy, and Gina. The, Tommy and Tommy Gina. and Gina. Yeah. And so when I heard them again in a different song, I was like, wait, it's those oh, people. They're in so, a bowling for soup song. Punk rock yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm sure they've been in other doing. songs. I'm sure they're in other songs too. Tommy and Gina. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, this is clearly all about evil cast as we're now talking about. Bon <laughs> um, anyway, but so, but again, that's, I, I, but I, there are so many cool cultural references in here. And like you said, you mentioned the man day. Um, if you didn't know, like you just told everybody, it's the Nosferatu um, vampire. And, and some people may see, see that and actually have seen the Nosferatu, or some people may have actually seen the Willem Dafoe portrayal of it and the, mm-hmm. that other version of it. Um, yeah. you know, and then you guys are playing zombie games, and, and people are like, oh, we're at an arcade. What is that? We, we don't mm-hmm. know that these things exist. So I think it's a cool... It was, and again, there's zero words. It's an entire page with no words, and it is amazing storytelling. And I think... Um, you know, again, these are things you just can get away with. Um, I think in the big two, you know, in the Vertigo, which I'm on the fence, we're going to do a Vertigo title on here eventually, an early Vertigo title. Mm-hmm. But Vertigo is gone now. Um, it's all DC dark black label. And I actually think that's a mistake because it, it, once you bring those, those titles into the DC line, you're taking away some of their ability to have an entire blank page. Like, you know, mm-hmm. your, your Vertigo is not for the mainstream audience. You know, there's a specific audience here. Um, although yeah. I think your story, even if you're not into horror or whatever, I think this, because it's a tale of two guys, you can recognize them as people you've, you may know or see yourself in them. I think there's universal appeal, even if you're not. Because, too, that's where being a comic, there's, there's going to be blood and gore, but it's not real. It's not, again, because, because of Enrico's style being simple, um, it's not going to be, you're not going to feel like it's on you. You know, there's sometimes you read a yeah. comic. And again, I keep coming back to McFarlane because my the Spawn episode just came out. But, you know, he's so detailed that sometimes yes. you feel like, you know, when he did his Spider-Man, you're like, you feel covered in the webs. Um, I'm, like, I'm going to take a shower after reading right. the issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, but with this, the, the, the scary stuff is there and it's real, it's visceral. But because it's, it's not overwhelming, someone who may not be into horror wouldn't be turned off by this because it, it's not it's not so gory. It's not like there's a bone sticking out of a knee and it's dripping on you. You know, it's not like that. So, yeah. 
I think that works out. So, so let me ask, um, what is your, so right now it's, as you already asked, one of my questions was, uh, where, are you going to print it? And you, you said, Enrico said, I've, eventually you want to print this. What is the, what is the goal for that? Are you considering like a Indiegogo or a Kickstarter to get some money to, to do some printing? Or are you just going to try to get an online fan base and then see what happens and maybe do and do the six issue arc or 10 issue arc and then try to print it as one, one thing? Yeah, it's something I'm going to talk uh, with Enrico about hopefully soon. He, uh, again, it was really funny, again, how we met and we just started working together. And I had, I know nothing about him uh, besides this guy is really nice and he's really talented. And yeah, then he's very talented for sure. Halfway like through working through the first issue, he was like, hey, uh, by the way, um, my book that uh, Dark Horse, uh, you know, picked up, is going to be released in June if you guys just like want to check it out or something. And Noah and I both were like, what <laughs> you're, you're working for dark horse what the heck man like <laughs> and he was like yeah if you want me to talk to them about like evil cast or something like i could and i was like uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i again it's kind of one of those things where i'm a little bit ignorant to what how you know some of these publishers would want things delivered in the past when we like pitched uh, one of my other comics, the one that you mentioned that I adapted from my senior film, no one, I really had no idea what we were doing. And we pitched like random pages that were taking place in the middle of a, sh- a different storyline. And uh, suffice to say, uh, only one person wanted us. And they're like, could this be um, five issues? And we were like, no, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, so we, we've learned a lot, but all that to say, um, I would love uh, to, you know, get Evil Cast to a publisher to have it distributed for print, um, and you know, f- potentially for those sales to help me because you know I I just you know pay for it out of my my uh, work money, um, and so but I'm I'm wa- I'm wanting to be strategic, so I'm not sure if we might kind of have one of the mini arcs get that finished before presenting it to a publisher so that can they can kind of see more of the tone because as much as i love and i'm proud of the first issue not the full heart of the series is evident yet and i think you'll you might get that more with at least two more issues and so um i think after we finish some of that we might kind of you know come together as a team and go all right do we want to like are we comfortable pitching this are we good on like our schedules like could we commit to a month and you know it, it you know, am I able to like, you know, give more money like at the beginning and be okay with that? I think we have some things to to figure out, but all that to say, I love the story so much that if that doesn't go well, um, we'll just keep doing it as an online comic. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent fine with that, uh, because it's fun to do. I'm able to do it. People seem to like it and I don't want to not do it be, just because people won't publish it. So the, the dream is to get it, uh, into a publisher's hands to get distributed so more people can uh, see it and see it in the way that I want it read, which is physical. I have nothing against digital, but it's just so fun to hold things. Um, it is. So. It, it really is. I, I think maybe um, Vault Comics might be a good, a good landing spot. Um, they are, uh, you know, like essentially sci-fi horror fantasy kind of thing. We're actually going to do a vault comic um, coming up. That might be a good place. Um, uh, they've, there's some heavy hitters over there, but you know, they also, this is their jam. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so that might be a place to pitch. But again, like you said, um, yeah. so no, totally. right now it's totally yours. And, and that's also nice too. I do know that like with Image and with Dark Horse, um, and I'm assuming this is the case with Vault, but I don't know enough about them. I'm just learning as we're, I'm getting ready to do a show about uh, Wasted Space. Mm-hmm. But um, with most of these indie comics uh, publishers, they are acting as a mediator. They, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to distribute it for you and they have a little bit of editorial control. But in general, you're coming to them with a fully fleshed out story, mm-hmm. artwork, everything done. So you're right. It might be good to get your first arc done and then try to pitch it as a thing. Um, that may also that the downside too is they'll be like, well, this is already out there. Why do we want to publish it if it's you know? Yeah. But of course, they'd be if you'd be selling them as the graphic novel instead of individual episode issues. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, at the very least, like it's experience. You know, like I've learned so much just doing this already and working with other people. To where I think I'm still obviously you know young and have lots to learn, but 
Um, I think I've worked out a lot of kinks of, again, figuring out how to do a comic script because I was like, I don't know. I'm used to film scripts um, and working with artists and letting go because I was a little bit, um, uh, you know, OCD on certain things. And I had to be like, you know, what? like this is a collaboration between Enrico and me. And so, again, having that filter, of, does this really matter, Kyle? Like, do I have to critique this thing or not? And so, um, again, at the very least, even if it takes a while to get somewhere or if it just remains online, like, um, I think I will be a better writer and creator and collaborator for it. So that's something I'm thankful for, regardless of what happens. Nice. Well, on that, let's, let's do the pitch. So let's talk about... Um Ominous Media, how people can, obviously it's just ominousmedia.com, but um, you guys have Instagram handles. Now on your, um, on your, on the, we'd also want to make sure we get everybody over to the artist. He's, he's, what's the book he's doing for Dark Horse? Uh, I think it's The Flower of the Witch. Okay. It's called. Um, cool. the, the Flower of the Witch, yes. Okay, so and I'll make sure I, in June. okay, and I can, I'm sure he's on social media somewhere, so I'll find him and link to him too. Um, all this will yes. be in the show notes and maybe, you know, and again, no, no pressure. I know you've got, you've got a life and a job and a podcast, but if you do, it'd be super cool if you had a uh, Spotify playlist. I would totally put that in there for people to listen to um, that we could add to this at the end. People would be like, hey, because normally my intro and outro are songs. Um, so uh, regular songs, because I'm actually working on a theme myself. I play ukulele, which you can't see behind me. But um, so I'm trying to like write a theme. But for now, I like pick a song. And so Flying Purple People Eater is going to be the outro music for this episode. Yes, um, I love it. <laughs> so, but I would, you know, if you've got a link to the other thing, so pitch yourself, tell everybody where they can get Evil Cast, where they can get your movie, which I'll link to too. Um, as much stuff as you want to tell us about yourself and Noah and Enrique, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. Absolutely. Well, if you're still here, first off, thank you for listening to me. I appreciate it. Um, I, as a podcast listener myself, it's, there's so many things vying for attention. So if anyone engages with me or looks at my stuff, I just feel very appreciative. So um, yeah, if you want to go over to our website, it's just ominous.media and uh, check out our podcast. Again, I think it's a lot of fun because you get to see a lot of different voices and creators who are not famous, but still have a lot of worth. I've learned so much talking to people and I've felt really inspired. I think, again, for us indie creators, uh, there's a lot of hustle and it can kind of get draining. So to listen to people who are in the middle of the hustle and go, yeah, it's hard. And I just ate five pounds of Taco Bell because I was sad and now I can't <laughs> work. It's like, that's, that's what I want to hear as opposed yeah. to like, yes, I am famous and I have lots of money and I'm crushing it. It's kind of fun to hear like, I wrote something beautiful. No one cared. Thanks for having me on your show. And it's like, yeah. So um, if you're into art, just in general or creativity, please check out our podcast, Humming Fools. That's on the website. And you can also listen to it anywhere that there are podcasts, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Pandora, all the places. Uh, if you want to check out the first issue of Evilcast, that again is on our website, ominous.media. It's under the projects tab. You'll see uh, the pitch that we did as well, the failed glorious pitch that we did as well. But it's uh, the, there. It exists. You there. did a pitch. That's right. We did it. And I mean, I think it looks pretty good. And I think so. The character design's cool. And the, I like the story still. But uh, um, yeah, Evil Cast issue two, We ho I'm hoping to have it out um, late March or very, very early um, April. And this show uh, will come out the third, third Friday in March. So it'll be real close to that. So yeah, yeah that'll be great. And then uh, if you want to, we, we're on social media. So Instagram, I think it's just ominous underscore media. Uh, again, show notes. I, whenever I listen to shows, I'm like, I'm not going to remember that. Clicking things is easy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's what um, I do. I put them in there for sure. Yeah. My man. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, our newsletter uh, is great because I just get to be an idiot. I, I, I try to make it as fun as possible. It's not spammy. Um, and you get the big update with all the creative things and usually some funny memes and gifts as well um and i mean if you're into poetry you can check out my poetry book Kulichino, but i don't i don't know if that'll be relevant but hey it's there it's there uh, it exists congratulations <laughs> on that thank you uh so yeah uh just check out those things and uh i'll try to get that spotify playlist now i'm yeah, like, gonna like have to like look challenge. at it and be like am i comfortable with this song being here yeah, i might be embarrassed well. but uh, <laughs> 
For sure. No, I, well, listen, I can't, I'm so glad that this worked out and uh, I'm looking forward to Evil Cast 2 and to see where the whole story goes. And uh, I'm going to be a supporter. I signed up for the newsletter. I think everybody should. Uh, check them out. The, their podcast is really funny. And uh, it's, it is what I like. You guys call yourself nobodies, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is funny. But, um, but I think it's true. I think art matters and, uh, and we all need to, you know, give it a moment. Like, you know, we all have our jobs. You've got a regular job job. I've got a regular mm-hmm. job job. And, and uh, I love my job. But I also, you know, recently realized when I started the show and doing a few other projects that it was just important to make sure that, um, you know, you can't just work just for somebody else. You got to do so. And again, mm-hmm. of course, wouldn't it be great if you could monetize all the things that you do? But if you can't, you still have to do stuff that's fun uh, just for you. And you guys are clearly having fun. Your comic is a blast. And um, I mean, I know uh, my cousin is a big horror comedy fan. Like, we're from Michigan. And so, yeah, my cousin actually went to Western yes. Michigan, wh- where Bruce, almighty Bruce, went. Um, so I'm actually <laughs> sending him a copy of Evil Cast because I think he's going to love it. And uh, Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. If you're okay with that, if you're down. Of with course. That. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so I, it's great. But thank you again, Kyle. And, and um, tell Noah to keep up the good work. And uh, it's amazing. I'll link to all three of you in the show notes. And uh, so. I can, again, uh, I'm going to wrap it up with Flying Purple People Eater. So, <laughs> I love it so much. Thank you, Tony. This was abso- a blast. Absolutely. Thank you, Kyle. All right, everybody. I'll see you next time. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had a one long horn and one big eye. I commenced to shake him and I said, it looks like a purple people leader to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. A one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me. Oh, well, he came down to earth and he lit in a tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Leader, don't eat me. I heard him say in a voice so gruff. I wouldn't eat you cause you're so tough. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, what's your line? He said, I eat purple people and it sure is fine. But that's not the reason that I came to land. I want to get a job in a rock and roll band. Well, bless my soul, rock and roll, flying purple people leader. Pigeon toad under cold, flying purple people leader. Friendly little people leader, what a sight to see. And then it swung from the tree and it laid on the ground. And it started to rock, oh, really rocking around. It was a crazy ditty with a swing and tune. Sing a pop, pop, a poop, a lap, a loom, bamboo. Well, bless my soul, rock and roll, flying purple people leader. Song last night on a TV show. He was a blowing it out, a really knocking them dead, playing rock and roll music through the horn in his head. <laughs> <laughs>